The artist's brain is an independent variable. When brought into the everyday world, their senses find meaning in even the most mundane observations. The reaction must only be told by the artists themselves. I'm Loverboy, and this is an experiment. Today's guests are the definition of meant to be, twin brothers that make up what will become one of the most impressive duos in film, finding themselves recognition at festivals including Toronto International Film Festival, Hamptons Film Festival, Cannes, and many more. Not only are they currently working on their first feature film, but with one as an editor for Outpost Media and the other as a creative director at Tiny Hero Films, these brothers are nowhere near finished. String cheese and processed foods are the way to their hearts. Please welcome today's guests, Adam and Daniel Cooper. Welcome, guys. It's great to have you. Thank you for letting us into your experiment. Thank you. It's an honor to be a part of this experiment. I already said that. Well, I'm saying it again. You guys are both from Michigan. One of you went to New York from there. The other one went to Chicago. And now you guys find yourself back together in L.A. Who went to New York and who went to Chicago? I went to New York. This is Daniel. And I am Adam and I went to Chicago. And what did you guys go there for? Well, we we went uh, for school. So I went to NYU for film school. And I went to Columbia College, Chicago. And um, we both we both had a... If I could expand on this. We, we both have... Um, at both of our colleges, we had a six-week-long winter break. So every single year uh, in the fall, we would write a short film. We would come home and shoot it, have a production uh, back in Michigan. And in the spring, we would edit that film. And by the summer, we'd do a festival run. And we did that every year for four years. That was sort of our real film training rather than the actual classes themselves. It, it, I think it was really doing that every year that was our education and film well it was a, it was both you know you have the theory but you also have you you also learn a lot in film school and then you put it into practice how did you guys find yourselves getting recognition in some of these huge film festivals as i said earlier you were you had recognition at cons you had it at the hamptons festival at the toronto F- international film festival i mean those are literally some of the biggest in the world and you guys were in high school and college yeah, you just submit them and and you hope they uh, they like it and you get lucky or you know it, it makes the cut. I mean, uh, most of you know you get rejected from a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you're not including the list of rejections, yeah, which have. is always longer, probably for every anyone who's doing anything creative. Yeah, here's my point. You you said that you a lot of times you only see the success and you you don't see the failures. And I my thing is that I think that most of people, uh, the career of a creative person is is mostly failure or working towards something. It's like an iceberg. You only see the, the things that they're successful at. But uh, beneath that success is years and hours of, you know, working a million hours and hard work and getting rejected and failing. And, you know, even like even like the top, you know, most famous filmmakers in the world, if you scan their IMDb, you might only recognize like two out of like a hundred films they've made mm-hmm. because they had to put in all those hours and do all those other projects that maybe not a lot of people saw or that failed in order to get those, you know, two or three that everybody knows and remembers. Absolutely. And failures and and more so limitations can be things that inspire creativity more than anything else. You know, used when, as fuel. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, when, when we're kids in college making movies our biggest we, we wanted to make sci-fi films with with big 
with uh, you know with that with high production value and our biggest limitation was always uh, money so and that was a, a limitation but a, that something like that causes especially a short film director to be extra creative and we we had to think more about okay we're not doing a big budget sci-fi film so we're gonna do a high concept sci-fi we're gonna we're gonna put the value in the movie in the script and in the concept and shock the audience surprise the audience with with a a, a twist in the story rather than in the writing because writing is free i mean it's not free but writing there's no budget to a script absolutely you know you you can have huge you know, philosophical ideas in a script, and there's no price for that. It's not like you have a scene in space with a bunch of, you know, aliens and lasers and stuff. And I think that might be why some of our our films cut through the clutter a bit in these festivals is because we we were we put in a lot of work into the the high concept writing. You know, taking inspiration from uh, our, our favorite filmmakers like chris nolan and his higher concept films and the, the twilight zone and that that's kind of our style is we try and do the, like we're like the modern day twilight zone absolutely type. and you guys write together yeah yeah how did that start how did i mean you're twins but like how did you guys realize that writing together was so much more powerful than maybe writing on your own because we we really started uh, writing together. We never really we wrote know. <laughs> alone. We we've been doing this since we were kids with a little you know digital blue video camera in you know whatever it was second grade. When our friends hung out with us, we weren't the friends who you do cool things with. We were the friends who you oh you go to the Cooper's house and they'll they'll make you be in one of their movies. You you end up with like a stupid fun movie. So we have a ton of. Just little films from our childhood with our friends, you know, bullshitting around. And, and we never had a, a real script for that when we were messing around as kids. But we we would write, you know, we would write on the spot and we would do that together. And that sort of collaboration has sort of made its way into, you know, a more structured yeah, more system the official now. way of, yeah, there's, you know, writing is kind of a loose definition a lot of times it's not it's not necessarily just sitting down at a computer and writing a screenplay you know where do you guys get your creativity anything that inspires us other other movies uh things we read in in articles our latest script which is about memory transplants all came from uh an article that we read about you want to say yeah what? there was yeah it's about memory trans i read this article in college like years ago about <clears throat> these neuroscientists at mit who had successfully transplanted a memory into a mouse and i i was like what that's crazy you know what and then it, you know of course you what if you can do that with humans and and what are the philosophies and ethics and dangers of that mm -hmm. and so that's in that instance that's what inspired this uh feature film that we wrote called the memory bank that's incredible. And where are you guys at with that? How is that going? This is your first feature film. Yeah. So right now we've, we've been writing, we've been doing some rewrites on that. Right now uh, it's set up at a studio, which um, I'm not sure if we're allowed to name we it should, we right now. We, we won't name it, but it's, it's, a, it's one of the studios <laughs> and uh, we're uh, developing it with them right now. And hopefully we can shoot that sometime in the next year or so. Clearly, starting in college, uh, even earlier, but starting to to really go seriously in college and hear a bunch of no's, it conditioned you for maybe the world that you're in now where it's a, it's a ruthless business. And sometimes you have to be able to know that 
it won't work the first time. It might not work the second time. It might not work the third time, but you're going to get there if you keep going. And this is a, a real life version of that. You guys said you heard more no's than you heard yeses. And now you're at the point where you're writing and getting to produce your own real feature film. What has the experience been like in growing from hearing those no's till now? What does it feel like? I think, you know, if, if you really do, if you are really in love with the art, the craft that you're working on, the no's or any sort of negativity or anything is is really just background noise in the stretch there, of things. There's it, also, I think, something to be said for the virtue of persistence, which some people can tolerate getting, a, you know, working for years and years at something and, and not, you know, getting a lot of rejection. And other people who are probably, you know, more sane than us mm-hmm. say this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something else <laughs> that's more worth my time. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, like Jordan Peele, who's a, you know, very successful director of Get Out. And he I, I think I read he said once uh, like he went to film school and someone asked him, like, how did 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 you know when you were in film school that you were going to be like in your class? Did you know that you were going to be the like the most successful kid in your class? And he was like, no, I looked around and I, I really all it was was I was the only one who kept doing it. You know, mm-hmm. everyone else after, you know, 10, 15 years just stopped trying. And I was the only one who was insane enough to just keep doing it. I never really thought I was the most talented or anything. And here and there he is. I feel like sometimes that comes with being just as much of a student as you are, you know, the artist. You guys have been not only in love with creating movies and creating film for your whole lives, but you've been incredibly fascinated with with the people who create it, with the actors, with why things are done. I mean, you guys are true students of film. How did that start? That's yeah, it's just part of the love of it, you know? It's just if you love something, you you naturally want to know everything you can about it. I mean, in order to be a good filmmaker, first you have to be a fan of movies. You have to be a, you have to love or whatever you're doing. If you're a musician, you have to love music. You have to know all the great musicians, and you know it's not something that really is is hard for you or or that you have to think about. It's just something you naturally want to do because you love it so much. You know what I mean? When we're watching our favorite films, we're we're studying them and rewatching them over and over again, and we, we're doing this as like kids. And we didn't know we were studying these films for any educational value. We just were like, oh, did you see how cool you did that shot? What's that shot called? And we're like eight years old doing this. And then, yeah. And then because, you know, because you, uh, because you've seen so many movies and in our case, because we've seen so many of the same movies and the same shows, it becomes part of the language of the collaboration, you know, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, let's do this scene, like the scene in, you know, Goodfellas where they do this, you know, and, and we know exactly what we're you know, it's it's like yeah. the shorthand. Uh, well, and I've seen I've seen TV shows and movies with you guys, and there's nobody who knows the words more accurately and who understands the scenes more accurately. And, and when I watch a movie, I see a story. When you guys watch a movie, you see lighting, you see <laughs> acting, you see a plot line. It's it's such a different thing. It's such a different thing to dissect. And I guess every creative has that in their own field, but you guys take it to a different level. 
and the most. Well, you important... probably, you know, like when you do you listen when you listen to music, do you you probably listen to it in a much different way than the average music listener. You're breaking Absolutely. down the instrumentation and the mix and the mm-hmm. how the drums are working and. But still, the first time you hear that song, you're just listening to the song. Is it a good song? Just like the first time we, you know, we watch a movie, it's the story. That's still the most important thing, always. Mm-hmm. How would you guys say the changing and the differing people in your lives have affected the way you guys individually work on your art? Because though you've had most of your lives together and a lot of the same influences, there were four years for each of you where there was different inductors. There was different people that came into your life that would change each of your stories individually. Yeah, all of Daniel's characters have New York accents and all of mine have <laughs> Chicago accents. That's the, that's the secret. All I'm of my kidding, all of my characters like thin crust pizza, and all of his like deep like, dish. Deep. No. See, that's no. such a no. I'm, we're kidding. I mean, I'm sure there are parts of the people you you invent individually that do have bits and pieces of of characters you've met in your real lives. Oh yeah, that's definitely. definitely true. I mean, every character, every we we find this a lot with side characters where like it'll be like, oh, this I heard this conversation on the street the other day. These two people, we should put that in the movie cuz that's perfect for this one part. Like just listening to listening to people and their side conversations on the street is great material for a script, no matter what right. genre or, or things that have happened to you. So it sounds like people watching is a big creative creative reach for you guys yeah i think i think uh writers have to be observant you know of yeah, they have the to world. observe yeah. themselves most of all you know their own put their own insecurities on the page you know yeah uh and that's where that you know one of the biggest ways that the people are, you spend time with influence you your creativity is that more than anything, I think a lot of times they influence your taste, mm. which is a big part of your creativity That's because, true. you know, everybody has their own taste and everybody's watching has seen a different, you know, uh, amount of shows or movies. Everybody has a different favorite movie or TV show that they show you, or the, you know, you watch together, and they they notice different things about it than than you would have appreciated. And I think that's a big part of you know how your taste develops and evolves. And uh, you know when you're when you're working in that field, your taste you know is directly related to you know what comes out of you and your your mind when you're creating your own version of of these things you you've seen yeah and also we're surrounded by artists all of our friends are artists like that's a great mo- you influence us i mean you, well it's good because we have we have a great friend not to get like specific about mm-hmm. our friend but we have you know it's not just filming we're, we're surrounded by musicians obviously uh, animators uh you know other types of writers like journalists like all these all these different perspectives and i feel like we kind of benefit the most of all of that because the writer has to writers have to absorb all different experiences so we get we take advantage of that Guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to see all the incredible things you guys do in the crazy places you guys go. Um, And for everybody listening, I'm Daniel. And I'm Adam. And and this is is an an experiment. experiment. The experience is the experiment. (laughs) 